Player by Lawrence Durrell The oranges were more plentiful than usual that year. They glowed in their arbours of burnished green leaf, flickering up there among the sunny woods. It was as if they were eager to celebrate our departure from the little island, for at last the long-awaited message from Nassim had come, like a summons back to the underworld. A message which was to draw me inexorably to the one city which for me always hovered between illusion and reality between the substance and the poetic images which its very name aroused in me. A memory, I told myself, which had been falsified by the desires and intuitions only as yet half realised on paper. Alexandria, the capital of memory. All the writing which I had borrowed from the living and the dead until I myself had become a sort of postscript to a letter which was never ended, never posted. How long had I been away? I could hardly compute, though calendar time gives little enough indication of the eons which separate one self from another, one day from another, and all this time I'd been living there truly in the Alexandria of my heart's mind. And page by page, heartbeat by heartbeat, I'd been surrendering myself to the grotesque organism of which we had all once been part, victors and vanquished alike. An ancient city changing under the brushstrokes of thoughts which besieged meaning, clamouring for identity. Somewhere there on the black thorny promontories of Africa, the aromatic truth of the place lived on, the bitter, unchewable herb of the past, the pith of memory. I had set out once to codify, to annotate the past before it was utterly lost. That at least was a task I had set myself. I had failed in it. Perhaps it was hopeless. For no sooner had I embalmed one aspect of it in words than the intrusion of new knowledge disrupted the frame of reference. Everything flew asunder, only to reassemble again in unforeseen, unpredictable patterns. I had been forced to admit defeat on paper. Yet, curiously enough, the act of writing had in itself brought me another sort of increase. By the very failure of words, which sink one by one into the measureless caverns of the imagination and gutter out. An expensive way to begin living, yes, but then we artists are driven towards personal lives nourished in these strange techniques of self-pursuit. But then, if I had changed, what of my friends? Balthazar, Nassim, Justine, Claire. What new aspects of them would I discern after this time-lapse, when once more... I'd been caught up in the ambience of a new city, a city now swallowed by a war. I could not say. Apprehension trembled within me like a lodestar. Would it not, I wondered, be wiser to stay where I was? Perhaps. Yet I knew I must go. Indeed, this very night I should be gone. We had passed the last ten days since the messenger called, in a hush of anticipation— and the weather had matched it, turning up a succession of perfectly blue days, windless seas. We stood between the two landscapes, and already the dissimilar images mixed and balked in my dreams. This island house, for example, 
its smoke-silvered olives and almonds, where the red-footed partridge wandered, silent glades where only the goat face of a pan might emerge. Its simple and lucent perfection of form and colour could not mix with the other premonitions crowding in upon us. This Grecian world was already being invaded by the odours of the forgotten city, promontories where the sweating sea captains had boozed and eaten until their intestines cracked, had drained their bodies like kegs of every lust, foundering in the embrace of black slaves with spaniels' eyes. The mirrors, the heart-rending sweetness of the voices of blinded...